So, Father, we give you great praise. We thank you for what you did last night, but we just say it's a new day, and your mercies are new every morning. Lord, thank you for the angel of the Lord that's here. Thank you for um, an open heaven. Thank you that this is Bethel. Thank you that this is the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. And, Father, uh, Lord, I ask that you give people ears to hear and eyes to see. Lord, I ask once again for words from heaven. We just don't want to just say things just to say things. We don't want to just, we want to hear what you have to say. So spirit of wisdom and revelation, we just ask that you increase, that you open up the word to us. Father, without you, I can't do anything, but with you, I can do all things. Be glorified. Thank you for that we're claiming today unclaimed upgrades that you want to teach us how to live the upgraded life. Thank you, Lord, that um, we're not going to sit in coach when you have a bed for us in first class. And Lord, thank you that some people are sitting in first class, but they still have economy thinking. So Lord, thank you for giving us first class thinking. We need you, God. And we say you are the source of all good things. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jude, when I looked over at you today, I saw a drum on the inside of you. And the sound of the Lord is going to be released through your life, even at an early age. And there's um, a door opening for you of encounter after encounter after encounter after encounter. And you'll be a forerunner for your family. You'll break into things that your parents even prayed that they would break into. But you'll break into them for them. And the hand of the Lord is on your life. And um, there's a delivering grace being released to you today that would shield you from every attack of the enemy that he's put on you. And you're protected. You're called. And uh, blessed are you to be a Samuel, to be raised in the house of the Lord, that the, that the sounds that have never before been heard in the earth would be released through the river that will flow through your life and prophetic, accurate words will flow through your heart and your mind, even at this age. And there's a purity of an ability to receive things from heaven in this season that God never wants to take from you. So I bless you today. I'm going to, um, I'm going to share something, uh, prophetically, and then we'll kind of, I'm going to move in a few different things, so maybe I'll get to the actual Mother's Day message at two o'clock. But uh, I was just, just kind of meditating before the Lord, and this is what I heard the Lord say, and it went in line with what the Lord shared last night prophetically. God is writing the history of the world in a manner that has yet, that is, uh, yet been seen in church history. This is truly the greatest time to be alive. I saw two very large angels holding ancient scrolls, and I heard this in my heart when I saw this. It was like these two big scrolls. Of, I knew that they were plans for the earth, purposes for the earth, and I heard in my heart there's a profound difference 
between what takes, what takes place in the earth and what God intended to take place. However, the Lord says that especially in this season, the body of Christ, there is a synchronization between heaven and earth that is happening as never before. And I saw a picture of a declaration happening in a region of the earth and the manifestation of what was spoken happening in another region. This is a season, so meaning like you say it here in Glen Burnie, but it manifests in the Philippines. This is a season in the earth which I desire my people to hear as one and to know that their divine purpose and the words that you speak are divinely connected with the destiny of churches, cities, regions, and nations. Then I heard, then I heard this very clearly. I'm holding you responsible for serving the purposes of God for your generation. That's what we get held responsible for. And last night we began to open up the subject of uh, what the heart means in Scripture. And we said that uh, 814 references to heart in the Bible, and they're not referring as actual to the physical heart, but they're referring to the heart as we see it. And the heart, we said, was a place of will, human choices, and consciousness. We said that the heart is the center. It's literally defined as a center. And it's a place where people receive God's word. It's a place where conversion takes place. It's also a place of understanding. The heart's function as a source of thought and reflection highlights its intellectual uh, capacities. To hold, one's, to hold truth in one's heart is to fully understand it in a way that will impact one's life. Conversely, when people do not take something to heart, they fail to understand it in a matter that actually makes a difference in their life. The heart provides wisdom to rule justly and wisely. It discerns good and evil. In Luke's story, the birth of Mary, Mary treasures all the things that are happening to her. And when she treasures, it points to us to a kingdom value that is ex extremely important for all of us, and that's this concept of intentionality. That you want to be intentional in everything you can do to receive everything God wants you to receive in that moment. Now, it doesn't mean you understand it all intellectually, but you are, you are positioning your heart in such a way that you can grasp the seeds of what's being released in an environment. Of course, Acts 2.37 says they were cut to the heart. A matter of the heart is a spiritual matter, Romans 2.29. And we'll talk about the parable of the sower. And we said that a heart is what defines our behavior, and our behavior defines the fruit that we will produce. And we said it's what's on the inside of you that determines what happens on the outside of you. And we looked at the, the story of the woman with the issue of blood, and I said how the Lord has been kind of encouraging me to see it from a different perspective, that often... We, and and, and there, there's, there's obviously a truth to this. It doesn't make the other side of the truth untrue, but it's that, yes, we touch Jesus in faith and we receive what we need. But Jesus was fully God, fully man. And so as a son of man, one of the goals of discipleship is, and the reason I always throw these goals out there is because if you don't know where the Lord wants to take you, you can't get there. So this is one of the goals. You're like, that's impossible. Welcome to walking with God. Yeah. <laughs> Where everything is completely impossible without him. 
So when she touched Jesus, the Son of Man, she received healing because healing was the predominant thing on the inside of him. When people touch you, do they receive healing or bitterness? Because you can, you know, we have a, we have a culture, not, and not, not of all of it's bad, but we have this culture where we kind of sort of know most of the time what the right thing to say in the right environment. But when the wubba meets the road, what's really on the inside of you is going to manifest. So we want to be a people where the goal, when people come around us, that what is on the inside of us projects to them. You know, I don't, I don't like to, I shared some things I felt like the Lord told me, but one of the best compliments I ever heard was this lady, and I don't usually tell people I'm in ministry or, you know, even a traveling preacher. Now it's changed a little because it's getting a little down the line, but you first start traveling, they're like, are you like Jimmy Swagger? <laughs> exactly like him, you know? It's what they, because the enemy has done such a good job of portraying, and, and, and part of it sometimes, you know, we have to take responsibility for ourselves, but the enemy does, loves to build. I mean, think about how the airwaves are controlled right now. He starts this truth in the body of Christ that it's like, you know, it's virtuous to be poor, and then he makes it really expensive to get on TV. And then he convinces the people of God it's demonic to watch TV. <laughs> and one of the number one avenues to get on TV, <laughs> you know, to, to reach people with the gospel is media. Now it's changing a little more. With but here's what he does. You know, he infects the airwaves because knowledge, revelation knowledge, unlocks your ability to walk things out. So he clouds. That's one of the number one jobs of the enemy. So when we walk around just as these religious caricatures that are that are off center of what God intended to be, the world misses out. That's why, and we, we emphasize that, that reality uh, yesterday of, of why revealed knowledge is so important and why, why uh, a disciple, it's important to stay in a continuum of constant growth and change. And there's no other option. Because the moment you say, I mean, I've had the Lord tell me, you don't have to do it, but you won't grow in that area. But the moment you choose to go, this is like, this is just too out there. I can't, no, 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 this is is too much. (laughs) The moment we do that, we cease to become understanding of that reality that the Lord wants to teach us about. And then we just embrace principle and not his voice. And then we miss the foundation of the kingdom where it says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds at the mouth of God. And then we saw how the positioning of the heart is so important. We're going to look back at Zechariah here in a minute. And we said that the posture of, the sur- of surrender is the key that unlocks the heart as God intended. And we also said that the posture of surrender is always guided correctly. You can never go wrong with surrender. Now, here's the beautiful thing about surrender. When you come into the kingdom of God, you are controlled by something. You have to keep that reality out there because because we kind of think like we're doing our own thing. But you are controlled by something. And sometimes that, that's a, a, a practice that's often challenging to, to realize now God wants to 
take care of you. God wants to guide you. God wants to lead you. But it's also through the door of faith. So he's going to do things. He's going to tell you things. He's going to guide you in things that make no sense. From the way you used to do things. But what you have to recognize in the way you used to do things, you were one step short of being mentally retarded. So he wants to, because everything in the world system is perverted. So when he, you know, you know, when you used, when someone used to, you know, if you were around me, you know, before I was 18, you told me something I didn't like, I just, no, you're wrong. I'm right. Now in the kingdom, you know, Jesus is like, love them. I said, let me say what I need to say and I'll love them after that. You know, vengeance is mine. No, let it be mine. You take way too long. I'm not really into vengeance, just a little justice, God. (laughs) But what you have to realize is that whole thought process is death, destruction. But because we're so used to living dysfunctionally, we think it's right. And then you have little religious spirits that will help you along the way when you get into a church that starts teaching you the truth. You know, like that church, I just, just want your money, taking three offerings in one church. See? And you gotta, you got to get through all that propaganda. You have to filter it through. But pro- propaganda is so powerful that when you believe it, it becomes your reality. How, do, how did the Nazi government terminate and make, make do these type of things to Jews within their own nation? They had a minister of propaganda. And he convinced people that the Jews were not human. So you can do that to a rat. He called the Jews rats. So if it's not a person, we can yeah, yeah, throw them out, take their business from them. So a truly sincere heart, though, will always be guided correctly. And we, we emphasize the concept that when we posture, the, the, the essential value of posturing ourselves in a humble way and the ability to receive uh, something from a ministry or a person that you might not agree with every, everything they say, but you can receive the strength of what you need from them. Most of the times, our breakthrough will be connected to people we likely have judgments against. And we saw that Zacharias was praying. He's believing God for something, and he receives the answer to the prayer that he's in faith for, and he's a righteous man. It's not like he's got skeletons in his closet, but he is not, he, he is not uh, positioned. Something in his heart has been twisted when the angel actually gives him this amazing word. He goes, it can't happen. So let's look at that. Uh, Luke chapter 1 again. 13. But the angel said, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer has been heard. He's actually praying a prayer he doesn't have faith to believe will happen. That's how important faith is. Your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. That should have been like, yes! (laughs) 
And listen to this prophecy he gives them. And he also tells them, this is something you should be joyful for. And you will have joy and gladness. And many will receive rejoice at his birth. He will be great. God is just, he, I love God because he's, he's just strangely funny. A guy who's been serving all these years, they cannot conceive. And he goes, yeah, I'll pick Elizabeth to, to, to birth the forerunner. good stuff. You know, David, the king of Israel, the man who's going to be remembered forever. Jesus is going to sit on the throne of David. He never goes to Harvard. He takes care of sheep. God's funny like that. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He shall neither drink wine nor strong drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom and just and make ready the people prepared for the Lord. So we also talked about last night that how important it is to position ourselves because we want to be able to position ourselves correctly when the Lord actually gives us or grants us in a season what he has for us. And Zacharias said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in your years. That response is an indication that there is disappointment, possibly offense in his heart, where even though he is a priest of the Lord, even though on the outside he is doing everything that the Lord asked him to do, modern day charismatic version, look what the law has done, you know, step in the river. <laughs> but the positioning of the heart cannot even receive what God wants to give him in that season. Now, look at the graciousness of God and also look at how powerful your words are. Because he's like, man, this, I love this guy so much, I'm going to have to keep his mouth closed because he could abort what I want to do through the words of his mouth. That was actually the mercy of the Lord. It's like, I still want to give you this thing. So I'm going to have to shut your mouth and we'll see the reason words are so powerful, it's what you really believe and what you've embraced. Your words are a result of those things. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And the angel answered and said, I am Gabriel who stands in the... It's almost like the angel is like, yo, I'm Gabriel. What's wrong with you? And listen to what he says. He, he reemphasizes it to him. And remember last night we said he, he, he lost sight of the goodness of God because he kept looking at his situation. He's like, man, I came to bring you this joyful message. Fool, I'm going to have to keep your mouth closed now. <laughs> and behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which we will be fulfilled in their own time. So he gets this breakthrough, major breakthrough, 
and he has an inability to be positioned correctly, and, the, and he goes, you're going to have to shut your mouth now because if you open your mouth, those words will abort this impossible thing. So one of the things we saw, we, we opened up Ephesians 1 last night, where, we, where he said, where Paul actually prays that he actually says that your heart has eyes. But also look at something else here. Look at here real quick here. Look at Luke chapter 4. In the mission statement of Jesus, and also notice that Jesus is quoting Isaiah 61. And he is coming into alignment with the words of his mouth of the prophecies over his life. I want to suggest to you that if Jesus quoted the prophecies over his life, how much more do we? It's one of the things I do nearly every day. Lord, thank you. You've made me a brilliant teacher. Thank you that you've made me a writer. Thank you that you're going to unlock a door no man can shut. Father, thank you that you've promised to make me a wealth because I'm going, what am I doing? I'm coming into alignment with all the prophecies over my life. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim the essential part of the gospel is to set you free. So what does the enemy do? He lies to people like, yeah, you, you know, it's going to be really hard if you go to that church and start being one of them believers. In fact, he lied to me as a kid. One of the reasons I didn't want to fully give to God is because I didn't want him to send me to Africa as a kid. <laughs> he was lying to me. Your greatest life is hidden in submission to God. I forgot. Let me just get back to that point there. But once you... And we're all on this journey, right? We all don't have it 100% correct. But what I've learned is the more you say yes to God, the more it becomes a practice and you don't think about it anymore. Submission to the Lord is a beautiful thing because it's like, remember, I remember when I first started driving a car, you know, they would teach you like, look out the mirror, look at the back, do all these things and all the, you know, like, and, and I would do that. I'm getting older, but I'm not aging. So now when I get a car in the car, I do all those things, but I'm not consciously doing it anymore because it's established practice in my life. God wants to get you to the place of established practice in truth. You don't think about holding offense against anyone. You don't think about, I'm going to tell them how it is. You don't think like that anymore because you have so applied righteousness in those areas that they become the correct response to the situation. Like you don't even ever consider not giving to God what is his in the form of tithe. Like it's not even an issue. Like that's a settled issue. The real question is, how much am I going to give to this project? Lord, what would you have me to do? And it, I, walk, I walk with the Lord a while. It's way more than I ever think it should be. 
remember a few years ago, is every year I try and up my giving goals, and we have ministries we give to on a monthly basis. I go, God, let's amp it up. He goes, yeah, let's amp it up. I want you to do this. I said, I didn't think you were going to amp it up that much, but let's go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. But listen, was to, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. That means part of the gospel of the kingdom is to deliver you from blindness in your mind. And we saw how important the positioning of the heart is, and we looked at Matthew 6 last night, where it said that Jesus multiplied the loaves and the fishes, very next story, and I believe the writer there is putting it there because he's trying to show us that when God intervenes, when God does things, he's trying to reshape how our hearts are positioned. I remember, um, and I told this story because I was in his church, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, 2005, I was living in Georgia, and uh, I don't remember what was going on that month, but um, it was like, I don't know, maybe 10 days out, 12 days out before some bills were due. And I looked and, you know, you do some quick calculations. You go, okay, God, you're going to have to come through. And that was like a Tuesday on a Wednesday. I went to the church I was on staff at. And, you know, you don't. You don't have to manipulate anyone to receive what God has for you. Amen. You know? So, so I, I go to church that day, and I think somebody gives me like, hey, the Lord just put this on my heart. It's $100. I said, praise the Lord. Learn to be thankful. Now, it's not everything, but I'm on my way. I think maybe Friday, someone else said, oh, the Lord just put this on my heart. Not there yet. On a Monday or Tuesday, I get an envelope. He was a college student then, he was, but he's a pastor now. Brilliant pastor. Preached for him last week. He said, the Lord put this on my heart. College student. It was like $500 cash. Because I never believed God just for enough. I always want more than enough. Yes. And I remember when I got that, I said, I can never doubt that you will ever take care of my needs again. Because you spoke to a college student to send me the money I needed. So this is not just about getting my rent paid this month. This is about never doubting that you will supply all of my needs. And I've tried to posture my heart that way. But here we said, so Jesus tells him, finish the story. Jesus tells him, we're going to go to the other side. The storm comes and they like, ah, freak out. You know, I've been there. And so one of the greatest moments of breakthrough they see, and we read this last night, and I want to emphasize this this morning. He said, for they had not understood about the loaves because their heart was hardened. So this is what's really important in being intentional and constantly positioning our hearts and constantly saying, Lord, stretch my boundaries in how I think of you. 
Now, again, it doesn't go beyond the word of God, but it will go way beyond your understanding because we know about this much of God. But here's what's important. If your heart is not positioned correctly, God can be speaking, can be doing things, but if you got the wrong lens on, I'm going to see things a certain way with these glasses on. And I will have an inability to perceive certain things as long as I keep these glasses on. It doesn't matter if you shout amen. It doesn't matter if you say, I receive that word, man. God. It do, that doesn't matter. That, that, that's a bunch of religious stuff most of the time. If your heart, now that can be, that can be a manifestation of positioning your heart correctly, but if your heart doesn't flip the switch, you're looking at something still incorrectly, and you'll never fail to receive the nutrients of what that moment had for you. So we ask ourselves these questions. Have you made a decisive decision to allow truth into every part of your life? In the kingdom of God, we do not achieve, we receive. We can only receive through submission. And we ask ourselves these questions. Do you give first place to fellowship with God in your life? That's one of the, that's one of the places there. Because God really wants to help you with your life. I remember years ago, I'm praying one day, and the Lord speaks to me, he goes, he was real loud because I needed to hear it like that because I would have binded the devil, maybe. He goes, why is it you're trying to prove to your dad that you're a, you can be a success in ministry? I want you to stop that because my dad was my hero. Did some awesome things. He won't tell you this. I'll say it. I can say it. Brag on my parents. 70% of the money my dad is making right now is going to church planning. Because God, he has put God first. He's an example of the goodness of God. People, are, who's your spiritual dad? My dad. Thank God. <laughs> He's not a perfect man. But I, 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 I wanted to say, God, you did well with your upbringing. But it was, a, where was it? A wrong motive in my heart. Trying to prove to him I can do something. So he'll help you. You just need to readjust. Do you have a fellowship with the Lord? When you're faced with situations, you ask yourself, what does the word of God say? Do you, do you give intentionality to hear the word of God? Do you make it a priority to hear life-giving messages? Do you allow others to speak into your life? Because I've noticed that God is really gracious. If he can't get it through, through, the, through the, the community you're part of, he'll tell your wife. If he can't get it through to your wife, he'll even tell an unbeliever to tell you. Here's what's really important. When we stand before him, we can never tell him, you didn't tell us. Like, jokingly think, we will all stand before that judgment seat, and he's the righteous judge. No one can ever accuse the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit of being unjust. So when you stand before him, you can't go, you forgot to tell me in 2013. You know, maybe Jesus looked at the, did you forget to tell him, Gabriel? Oh, yeah, that, that one's on us. Let's keep going here. 
No, it's not going to work like that. <laughs> they fully committed to helping you. Yes. So here, here's where we'll, just a point of emphasis, and then we'll, we'll close here. God intended its, his word in his various, various forms to take preeminence in our lives. Proverbs 4, my son, give attention, give attention to my words and incline your ear to my sayings. And this is where it gets really good. Psalm 119, verse 130, the opening of your word gives light, and catch this, it gives understanding to the childlike. There are no grown-ups walking with the Lord. This is really important because when you walk with the Lord, when you go, Lord, I'll do anything you want me to do. I'll say anything you want me to say. This is where it gets really fun. God wants to deliver the Western church of, of logical, nice thinking that isn't changing anyone. This is how Jesus put it. It's really interesting Two different translations. The New King James says, and, and this is why getting the heart correctly is so important because many of us, I just had one of the greatest breakthroughs a few weeks ago where the Lord delivered me of something that came into my life at childhood. I didn't realize it was there. But the entrance of your word gives light. Again, you're not going around looking for it, but when you're walking with the Lord, See, that's one of the brilliant things is you are in, he puts you in him because he knows how messed up you are without him. So he can deal with you with favor, grace, and goodness. One of those things that comes in, though, is when people think they've been walking with the Lord one or two years, we, we, there's this tendency in our minds. I, I understand that. You know, I heard that. You know, Pastor Dave says, oh, I got that. You know, I got to understand that. <laughs> and these walls go up. Or even if you're in a beautiful setting like this. You come and receive from the Lord today. Receive. I, I, I get prayer every week. I don't need to go. I'm good this week. And everybody in your family knows you're not good. <laughs> come on. So it's really important to deal with those. Like I saw a young man who's asked, he's been asking me some things about prophetic. And it's like, He's like, well, you know, I'm re I, I gave him this book to read, encourage to read this book. He's like, well, what level prophetic do you think I am? I'm a prophet or this? I was like, don't worry about any of that stuff. Worry about here and all that stuff will work itself out. You can be the greatest prophet in the world, but if you still got wounds from childhood, it will infect your ability to minister properly. That's part of the problem because God in his graciousness will give us fruit. But just because you have fruit in an area of your life doesn't mean you're not thinking like a demon in another area. Really important. Peter, no, I'm being very honest with you. This is why humility and the ability to receive from other people and not just be around people that you like hearing what they have to say. 
I've learned to put myself around people that got all my religious buttons going. It's wonderful. It really is. Because then you hear their heart. You go, yeah, I don't really believe what they just said. But they love God with all their heart. There's one person in particular. I think he's tormented, but he says some brilliant things. It's my personal opinion. Matthew 16. We read it last night. On this revelation, Peter, I will build my church. Next story, I believe the gospel writer puts it in there. Jesus actually starts telling him, this is really what I came to do. It's not like you're thinking. It's not about you having power to tell people what to do. It's not about you getting back to all the people who are doing you wrong. That whole thing, I, let me just say that. The body of Christ needs to be delivered at sort of prophetic where, you know, when you get where the law is calling you all them haters, you don't care what haters say. You know, you'll show them when you get to your place and they ain't getting in your house. Like, that is such orphan thinking. Like, when you get what God has for you, you're not caring about what people criticize you about. It's crazy. Like, welcome to the table of the Lord. I love you even though you criticize me. That is the kingdom of God. It's not this weird when you get where you're going. Like, that's so weird. You'll silence all those people who didn't believe in you. Like, there's a lot of people who didn't believe in Jesus, but they're with him in heaven. That's all, that's all small, orphan American thinking. We're not trying to prove anything to haters. You know, like, what kind of weirdness is that? That somehow our breakthrough is, yeah, we don't need that stuff. Come on. But the very next verse, what, what happens there? G, G, Peter goes, no way, Jesus. And he goes, get behind me, Satan. He goes, get behind me because that's a demon speaking through you. So what does it tell us? Does it tell us that Peter, you know, it's not saying anything. It's just saying be humble enough to know just because you have understanding in one area doesn't mean you have it all together in another area. Here's what Jesus said. Surely I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children. What are little, little children with no trauma believe everything you tell them? Unless they've been abused, unless they've been taken advantage of, they're like, yeah. I have a goal one day when I have children that they know that everything I'm going to tell them is going to happen. Why? Because I want to be a representative of God's word. I used to believe that about, I still do. I, when I was a kid, uh, I remember this kid had something wrong with his bike or something in the neighborhood, and I go, bring it to my house. My dad can fix anything. 
I really believe that. New Life Translation says this. For sure, he said, for sure, I tell you, unless, listen, I like this part. Unless you have a change of heart and become like a child, you will not get into the holy nation of heaven. So we will land the plane with this. We'll look at the parable of the sower real quick. The working of the word. Matthew 13 says this. Then he spoke to them many things in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. Notice, too, that he speaks to them in parables. What is a parable? Part of the purpose of a parable is to hide truth in what he's saying. So, again, he's saying it's only the positioning of hunger of your heart that's actually going to receive the full nutrients of what I'm saying. Because here's an aspect of God that's really, really important to understand. He is what we call holy. And holy means, don't think of like, you know, he hates you. Holy means integrous. Here's the beautiful thing about God. God is completely free. God has no issues. God has no worries. God is not worried about what's happening in Israel. And he wants you as free as him. So in his holiness, it means he's integrous. And because he has integrity, he does not give to things to people they're not interested, don't want, or, mis- or will misuse. If Pastor Tracy did not like cheesecake, but they brought her cheesecake, to- that'd be weird, right? Or, or she, if I know she likes a dress, she, li- she, she does not like blue dresses. She says it all. I don't like blue dresses. I don't like blue dresses. I don't like. So on Mother's Day, would it be twisted for Abner to go? Here's a blue dress, Pastor Tracy. (laughs) That would lack integrity on my part. So what God does is he, even though he's all knowing, even though he has all the knowledge you'll ever need, he is in his integrity and holiness. He's not just going to throw everything out there to you. First of all, if you're not interested, and second of all, if you won't do anything with it because he's also just, because if he gives you something, he's going to have to judge you for being a right steward of it. So it's the positioning of your heart that determines what sort of understanding you're going to have from what he says. I see this all the time. Somebody can give a simple message on the love of God and two different reactions. The rightly positioned heart is like, wow, man, I I just received just greater insight into what God just said. The the improper, they say the same thing every time. I mean, you would think they had a different message. I don't know how they're so popular. Here's a a life principle. I like to live with it. Not my credit card. It's not my business to judge where somebody's at. So he says, they spoke to the many perils. Behold, behold, a sower went out to sow. Notice who's a sower. God's a sower and he's always speaking. And we'll look at the parable of the sower. Here's some principles you can pull out. The word always gets a response from the soil, which is the heart. Now, it might not produce what that word intended it to produce, but you are always producing a response to the word of God. 
the soil, the heart, will always produce what it most desires. I've seen it. People are like, oh, we can't afford that. And then like the, 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 the Ravens get into the playoffs and they suddenly can afford things they could not afford. <laughs> the heart will always pursue what it most desires. The soil produce. We can change what the soil produces by repositioning our hearts correctly, which is called our free choice. You are not a victim to your circumstances, to your positioning. You're never a victim. Matthew 13. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, Hebrews 11 says, by faith, we understand. It doesn't say you understand and have faith. So what's he telling us? When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and doesn't jump their faith at it, the wicked one came and takes away what was sown. So one of the things I like to do personally, I was at a conference, actually it's here in D.C., there was another speaker, I think it was either Thursday night or Friday, and I was listening to it, I was like, I need to hear what they, Lord, I, I, I need to hear. So one of the things I did when they got off the platform, I said to them, Lord, I receive your word tonight, man of God, and I receive everything I'm supposed to receive from it. I might not have understood how it all applies to my life, but I don't want to let a moment come over. Do you know what was happening here? You are taking mo a moment to honor someone in your community. It was a positioning of your heart. So God is speaking a theme here. You're, 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 you, you, you have to have an ability to wrap yourself around humility, honoring somebody, speaking words of life. And what was God doing? He was honoring her for many years of things she did in secret when she didn't care whether she got rewarded or not. So the first part there, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and doesn't put their faith around it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what is sown in his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. So also notice here in this parable that every time the word is spoken, there'll always come a challenge. Yeah. You know, you get, you, get out of, you, know, you get out of a wonderful time of breakthrough. You're like, yes, yes, the Lord did it. And like, you know, you're driving home and, you know, you start getting into an argument about something so insignificant. Or Pastor Dave stands up and he says, he said, we're going to do the building thing and God speaks to you. You're going to give this about, and then when you drive home, the enemy goes, you're nuts. You know, that's not logical. You just couldn't do that. And that's not all right. And, you know, he's after you. So when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not place their faith, it's lost. But he who received the sowed on the stony sounds, this is he who hears the word of God, immediately receives it with joy, yet has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Stop right there. You might not come this afternoon, so let me just throw this out there real quick. Mary is incredible picture because she receives the stigma of showing up for our language, the gathered community, and she's pregnant. She should have gotten stoned. When Jesus walks around and says, I'm the Messiah, most people didn't believe him. You think they believe this little young 15, no more than 16, she shows up and she goes, how are you pregnant? Oh, the Holy Spirit, kook. 
And the rest of her life, she is going to walk around with a stigma for carrying the word of the Lord and the hope of the world on the inside of you. I want to say that the Lord is bringing courageous people into the earth who are willing to carry the stigma of carrying the word. Well, you're kind of extreme, and you're in that church. They go all day, and you're going here, and you're leaving your kids while you go on a mission trip. I say to you that there's a reformer spirit to move past the stigma to carry what God has called us to carry to this generation and to love those who throw stones at us and to live without offense and to walk this thing out. But there is a price for carrying the word of the Lord. You will be like, if you want to be understood, you're in the wrong kingdom. (laughs) Paul, the greatest, he made himself of no reputation. So these people, they began to receive the word and they allowed the seed to begin to germinate, but but they aborted it because circumstances arose and and, and, and their obedience to that word was shipwrecked by their circumstances, by their difficulty. So what happened? They were moved by their circumstances, not what their belief system said. They... This is, this is a really big part. They added the word to their life, but did not allow the word to become the foundation to their life. That's a big one. I remember many years ago, the Lord said, do not ever miss a service to hear teaching. That became challenging at times. So I had to make, it was a season of my life. There was another season where I enjoyed it so much I became grieved because I had to go to graduate school. I had to miss Wednesday night service. I was like, oh my gosh, I, like, like I'm gonna miss, I'm gonna miss the hearing of the word on Wednesday nights. Like I can't miss it. And the Lord said, No, you have to do this in this season. Now he who received the seed on stony grounds is he who hears the word and the cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, choke out the word because he comes unfruitful. You know what that one is? That is where Matthew 6.33 is not a settled issue in your life. You're like, yes, I like that. But you know, I got to, you know, I got to, you know, man's got to make a living. It's a little extreme. So unless that word, unless Matthew 6.33 is not a settled issue in your life, you'll get shipwrecked from what that word fully intended it to be. You got to settle that in your issue. I don't mean don't work hard. I don't mean that you got to be at every single meeting, but you got to work out what that looks like for you. It's amazing to me, though, I see so many people, it's actually the hand of the Lord who brings them into certain breakthroughs, and they have such fruit, they become consumed with, with, with the assignment or the task that God calls them to do. People who would never miss the gathered community and God grows their business or does, does this or does that and suddenly, you know, it's like once every three weeks. Well, you know, this the Lord gave me this business. Well, did the Lord tell you to open on Sunday or did you tell yourself to open on Sunday? But I've seen people who will keep putting God first and they never Miss a turn in the purposes of the Lord. Amen. Yes. 
then other times you'll have to make a decision because when things are presented to you, you will identify things in your heart that you need to renounce. Say you're doing well, and then this company across the, the country, they offer you this awesome job, and it's double and triple the pay, and immediately you hear the Lord say no, but you feel this little tug, and then you go, God, deliver me from focusing on mammon. Last one. But he, and this is who you're going to be, but he who received the seed on good ground is he who hears the word, wraps his faith around it, and indeed bears fruit and produces. Some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty. Do you receive this word today? If you receive it, just stand to your feet. I just want to pray for you. Thanks for being patient. If you would, just lift your hands. Father, by the authority you've given me, I bless your people to be good hearers of your word. I say today, the release of the spirit of wisdom and revelation that's on my life would be added to them right now in Jesus' name. That a revelation of your word would come to them that they've never heard. A revelation of your voice would come to them. I say that a door of encounter is opening to them as never before. I, I break the power. Any place in their life where shame and guilt has tried to stop the purpose of God. We break that power. And we bless you to be the beloved of Christ. We bless you. I say for some of you, the next season, even particularly the next three weeks, will be a readjustment of your kingdom foundation. May Matthew 6.33 become a settled issue in your life. May you seek first the kingdom of God and his way of doing things in every part of your life. And as you do that, may, you, may when people look at your eyes, at your hands, at your words, at your actions, may they see the beauty of the desire of the nations. Jesus Christ. May the power of God, may the weight of heaven fall upon your words as never before. Eyes to see, ears to hear as never before. Do, do, just, do, just do me one favor. Put your hand on the person next to you and just, just, just bless them for a moment. Bless them. Just release to them a sound body. Miracles will happen all across this room. We bless that person on our right and our left in Jesus' name. We bless them to live out everything you've called them to do. We bless them. And we command your healing power to just flow all across this room. We thank you for the angel of healing. We bless every mom here to receive. We say, we say on this special day where we honor them, let them know the honor of heaven. Amen. 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 Hey, will you look this way? Thank you very much for your time. Thanks for being attentive. Really appreciate it. Pastor Dave, you want to do anything?